Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast, episode 96, coming at you on January 11th. I'm Jason, that's Neil. Hello. A um, little bit of a storm going on outside. We had a bunch of different videos planned today. Going to have to post those back a couple weeks, so we'll talk about that later. Yeah, it was it was quite cold later this week, and then yesterday it warmed up. 10 degrees yesterday. Like t-shirt weather. I got, a, I got a text from my buddy in Alberta, and he said it was minus 39 and it was going to go down to minus 45, so I replied it was plus 10 here. Wow, minus 39. I think that's one degree away from where Fahrenheit and Celsius meet at minus 40. So <laughs> We went out to eat last night, and when we were going into the establishment, there was two girls. Remember those two girls that came out? One of them was wearing like shorts and t-shirt. Oh, I didn't see that. Didn't see that? No, no. Like short shorts and a short t-shirt. And I was just like, what? Like, it's nice out, but it ain't that nice out. Wow. Well, yeah, so it was super hot yesterday. A lot of the snow melted and stuff, and then it rained overnight and kind of froze. So it's really dangerous out there yeah, right now for slipper driving. driving so. so we did have some videos planned to film with Justin today, but because of the weather, uh, we're not going to get a chance to do those. And actually, going to have to be delayed by two weeks because uh, I'm going to Boston later this week, and I'll be gone most of Sunday. So we won't get a chance to film um, a podcast next Sunday either, which is a segue into what's happening next Sunday mm. or releasing next Sunday, and that's going to be having a yak, which is the our secondary podcast that's going to be releasing on the second channel, more post to post. And for you audio listeners, it'll come in right as here. this one usually yep. does. So. so Neil's going to be away. No hockey podcasts. We're going to pre-record having a yak right after this. Well, we're going to probably get something to eat and then have it. But yeah, then we'll delay that or schedule it to be released next week and at the regular, t- at regular time. Exactly. And like I said, I'm going to Boston and I just have some notes here I want to mention before we get into the actual hockey talk today. Uh, I'm going to go to the Boston and Pittsburgh game Thursday night. I think I already said this on the podcast a couple times, but um, if you're there and you see me, come say hi. Um, what else? Oh, I just want to let you guys know which which videos will be coming out this week. Um, I'm going to try and rank the NHL mascots, which is a really ridiculous idea and thing to do, but I'm going to do it. Uh, some more five things I like videos coming on the second channel, Dallas, Minnesota, and Nashville. Um, I'm going to talk about the Winnipeg and Vancouver Specialty jerseys that were released um, yep. this week, which look in, look very interesting and, and have cool meanings behind them. Um, let's play GeoGuessr Part Two, which is coming later today, I believe, um, and a jersey giveaway video uh, tomorrow. And there might be a couple of other things spread in there as well. But I have today to film, tomorrow to film, and Tuesday to film because I there's a chance that I'm leaving Wednesday. Another so, storm coming. Yeah, it's I film and then schedule and then it releases. Yeah, so. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the hockey talk. Yeah. So first off the bat, we're going to talk about Nashville. Um, Peter Laviolette got relieved this week. Um, so did assistant coach Kevin McCarthy, and they hired John Hines. Which is unbelievable because it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a sixth coach this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sixth coach. And you look around the league, and you look, I'm just going to pick on Montreal. Eight-game losing streak, come back from it, played okay, and then went on another eight-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Claude Julien still has his job, and six of his... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Other coaches around the league have got fired. How do coaches like Claude Julien still have their job when everyone else has is on the hot seat? Basically, like, and there are a couple other teams, not just Montreal, but it's it's. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I want to talk about Pierre Laviolette for a minute because then I want to talk about John Hines. Yes, I'm a little confused by this. Okay, so five and a half years as Nashville's coach. Uh, his record was 248, 143, and 60. Which is an unbelievable It's record. pretty good. I think if you don't count the loser points, I think it's 55% win rate. And then I think if you do count the loser points, it's around 68% chance of getting at least a point. Yeah, that's impressive. Which is pretty good. And over his career, he's been a very 
consistently winning coach. He's taken teams to the finals. Yep. He's taken teams to conference finals. He's he's won a cup. He, he's he's legit. Yeah. So this is his sixth year, or this would have been his going into his sixth year. So the fat the past five years, he's made the playoffs every time. Yep. 2017, he made the Stanley Cup Finals. They lost to Pittsburgh in six. 2018, they were the President's Trophy winners. They lost in the second round to Winnipeg. It was a seven-game series, though, so, you know, anything can happen in the playoffs. Yeah. And then 2019, they went out, or last year, they went out to Dallas in the first round, which kind of sucks for them, but um, they were the number one seed, and they were playing a wildcard team. I understand it. Like, so sometimes you just need change, and, I mean, look at Nashville this year. They're not really responding to their coach, it seems. But then you have players who just, they came to Nashville and have done really nothing, like Kyle Turris and Matt Duchesne and, uh, like, Johansson. Like, there's expectations from these players, and they're just not living up to them. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that Peter Laviolette was the the easy decision to make. Mm-hmm. To You can't trade players because you've already, like, David Poyle already brought these players in. Mm-hmm. He, he spent the time and he spent the money to bring these specific players in to fix any issues that he... he, he thought that he had and now he has new issues and i don't necessarily blame peter laviolette no like he got rid of suban in the offseason yeah he brought in duchene yeah um he said fiala yeah like um he, so the record when he was fired was 19 15 and 7 which isn't great for a team that was number one yeah in the conference last year the problem is or the division the west is fairly strong yes this year and they're on the outside looking in that's right uh so I mean, it doesn't look great for Nashville, but they're still in a decent spot to, I mean, it's not over. The season's not over by any means. No. So that's, this is why the decision was made. But I mean, you can't blame Peter Laviolette. Dave, like, David Poyle brought these players in mm-hmm. and they're the issues. So I don't know. I just think. Are you surprised with John Hines as the replacement? No, because he has a relationship with David Poyle through Hockey Canada or through <laughs> Hockey USA, not Hockey Canada. <laughs> Hockey Canada. Okay, see, I didn't know that, so that was. I'm going to read a little bit about John Hines. Okay, now, okay. So, um, he was he was hired one month after being fired from New Jersey. Mm. So it's only been a month since he's been on the market. Um, he's only the third head coach in Predators history. That's kind of surprising. Like. That's amazing. Yeah. That is quite amazing. Okay, so here's the part that gets me a little bit. His record with New Jersey, 150, 159, and 5. That's a losing record. Yeah. I mean, he's not the most experienced coach. He's definitely And I mean, obviously your players have something to do with that. Right. Just because you're a bad coach or a good coach doesn't mean it's not reflected on that necessarily. Because, I mean, if you don't have a team in front of you... Your record's not going to be great. Yeah, there are other coaches that were fired this year who have a better winning record than, or who are just better coaches in general, in my in my opinion, than John Hines. This was a relationship decision between David Poyle and John Hines. It was like hiring a friend. Yeah, basically. Because even the nineteen fifteen and seven that Peter Levy had this year wasn't great. It's still <laughs> percentage wise, it's better than yes John Hines' record. Yeah. And I'm not saying that John Hines isn't going to do good things for. For the Predators, I he probably will, but I don't think his coaching tenure in Nashville will last very long. Yeah, But, but I hope I'm wrong because I would like to see Nashville have success. So this is what David Poyle said when he brought him in. He said, John Hines is a bright young coach and a great leader who has a track record of both effectively developing young players and successfully motivating veterans. I agree with the first part of that sentence. Yeah. We love his coaching resume and are confident that he has learned from every stop during his career and has the best skill set to maximize the potential of our team. Mm. The first part of that sentence 
where they love his resume. Well, his resume is a losing record. <laughs> yeah. It's hard not to judge John Hines on New Jersey, like based, like yeah. it's the most recent experience that we have with, with, with him. So do you think, do you think there's advanced stats out there on coaches that other teams have that are like based on the player personnel and the performance? This is the expect, expect, expected win rate or performance of the coach. And they, and they can look at that and say, or maybe even if it's not an advanced stat, but they can analyze the team he had and then look at the record and look at the performance and say, well, we based on looking at this, we think that he actually did a good job there, even though he didn't have the greatest team in front of him. I think there's a, probably a little bit of that, but as, I don't think there's a lot of advanced stats on coaching. On coaching. Yeah. I think it's more you ask around yeah. and get other people's opinions and stuff. It's more not emotionally based, but hearsay based, I guess, yeah. maybe not as first. The biggest thing that just gets me is you hired a guy with a losing record and you did it very quickly. Yeah. And I, yeah, very quickly, like extremely quickly. And I and think there's, there's like, better candidates out there. There's big names out there right now. Peter DeBoer. Peter DeBoer. Uh, the old, uh, you got Coach Q. Yeah. You got Babcock. You well, got. Wait, Coach Q. Yeah. What? Quinville? He coaches Florida. Oh. <laughs> Oh yeah, but I, I don't think Babcock will see the light of day in the, in the NHL for probably. No. I can't see any time within two years. But there are the, maybe he doesn't want to anymore. I think John Hines is probably fifth or sixth, fourth best case scenario probably of coaches available. So I totally forgot about Coach Q. I can't believe I did that. I did it earlier, a couple a couple Jeez. months ago. I just <laughs> he's just a Chicago guy to me. I'm just like man. Yeah, it's weird seeing him in anyway in Florida. So I don't know. I'm. Uh, It'd be nice to hear some from, from, from some Nashville fans. Um, so the first game they played, they played Boston with him, and they lost. But I do believe they won their second game. So before last night, I don't know how Nashville did last night. Actually, I I didn't check. I picked. They were one and one. I picked Nashville to win that first game because, regardless of how you thought they were going to be hoorah for the coach. yeah, I mean, regardless of how much you're struggling as a player, you've got a new coach coming in. You want to impress them, mm-hmm. so you're probably giving a little bit more effort than you would on a normal night. So I figured, even though they were playing Boston, who's a very strong team, I figured Nashville was going to win that game, and they did not. So, As a Boston fan, I am glad they <laughs> you, did not. You approve. Yep. <laughs> um, speaking on the business side of teams, we'll get into Ottawa. So Ottawa has a new CEO now. I actually didn't know this, so I'm, I'm glad that you have this Okay, so my first thought was like, okay, number one, who wants to work for Eugene Melnick? <laughs> Like, who's crazy enough to take this job? Yeah. So anyway, we'll get into it. It's uh, Jim Little. He's 55 years old. He was most recently the executive vice president and chief marketing and culture officer of Shaw Communications in Canada, which is like a telephone communications company. Hmm. Um, He's also worked for Royal Bank, Bell Canada, and Bombardier. That's a pretty impressive resume. Yeah. So this is a guy that has worked for some pretty big Canadian companies. Yeah, like Shaw is a huge Canadian country, so is Bombardier, uh, Royal Bank, obviously, and Bell Canada. Like, these are massive, these are billion-dollar companies in Canada. Yeah. So, I mean, this man obviously has a lot of experience. It's a little concerning that he's bounced around a I think bit, I think but, that happens a lot in the high yeah. end. But, I mean, isn't this exactly what Ottawa needs? Someone else to be the face in a way other than Melnick? I don't but, know I'm saying he's going to be the face. That's but, what I mean, but is Melnick going to let him do the job? I think he has to. I think... I think Melnick's... Let's get into this. This this is what the statement says. This is what he's responsible for. So, Jim will be responsible for the overall business strategy of the organization with a focus on marketing and strengthening community relations. 
So this is the guy, Ottawa fans, that is going to make you love the team again. This is the fix. This is the fix. (laughs) So according to ESPN, Ottawa ranks dead last in NHL teams this year for attendance with an average of 11,732. Which is extremely disappointing as a Canadian city. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you look around, if you put a team in Hamilton, they probably do pretty well. Put a team in Quebec, they probably do pretty well. You put a second team in Toronto, they probably would do <laughs> yeah. pretty well. Yeah. There is no way that Ottawa should only be averaging eleven thousand seven hundred thirty-two fans. Okay, this is what Eugene, or this is what Jim Little said. He said Eugene has asked me to lead the business operations of the Ottawa Senators, so he's there to fix the organization from a business point of view. Can you come in and fix my mistakes? Yeah, like. Um, and to do so with clear priority to recreate a strong, positive relationship with this community. We'll get back to that in a second. I want to thank him for the confidence he has shown in me and for the clarity of the mandate to be creative, to engage fans, partners, business, and civic leaders in getting this chemistry right for the long term. Do you think anyone can come in and fix this team in terms of its image with the fan base? I do, because it happened in Carolina. The owner came in, and he kind of switched things up a little bit. But that was a new owner. I mean, the owner, the biggest, CEO, The biggest whatever. beef the fans have is not with the team. It's with the owner of the team. I know, but at least... And this guy's going to be running the business operations. He's not going to be running the hockey operations. I, I'm sure he has some suggestions and poll. Like, if he wants to run a marketing strategy on a new jersey or something like that... I mean, he's taking over for Eugene because Eugene was, he did name himself as CEO, even yes. though he was the owner, which owners, get out of there. Like, That's like Gary Benton putting himself in the hockey all flame. Like, I don't like it when owners are involved unless they actually know, like the guy in Carolina, he's involved, but I think he kind of has an idea of what he's doing. But Eugene Melnick, yeah. I think it's, what's, what's, is it Tom Dundon? Is Tom Dundon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, it's needed. I'm glad it happened. I, there are not a lot of people, and I'm lucky to say this because I have this channel, and we you know we've been we've talked about Eugene Melnick a lot. But from every comment that I've seen, there has not been a lot of positivity towards Eugene Melnick. <laughs> no, so there there's way more people, in my opinion, just from my experience, who hate. Maybe not hate. Hate's they're, a pretty strong word. But they're paying to put billboards up in Ottawa to get rid of them. That's significant. Yes, like that's huge. It's I don't know. It's kind of like. Have you been following the Australia fires and the whole president yep. over there or whatever? Or yep. City was I burning, like, or the country was burning, and he was away in Hawaii on a trip. Yeah, I feel like the Ottawa fans feel towards Melnick like the Australian <laughs> people feel towards yeah. towards their president. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's a bit, it's think, a bit frustrating, but I'm I'm really happy that it's happened because drama in Ottawa has been very quiet this year. Thankfully, yeah. Last year it was crazy. The year before that was crazy. Uh, so good on Ottawa. Good on Eugene Melnick for probably stepping away from his ego a little bit and, and realizing hopefully need someone else to come rebrand the image a little bit do you think this is a risky move for jim little uh no because i think it's easy to fix because you can't it can't get worse <laughs> yeah i mean it's it literally can't get worse it can't get worse unless the team folds and moves somewhere yeah which isn't going to happen no so i think that regardless of how well he does it's going to look like he's done well mm-hmm. because He's already rock bottom. They're, they're, or they're yeah, already it's, rock it's, bottom. It's rock bottom. There's there's things you can do, simple little easy things to do to revitalize that organization. And the best thing for the organization, regardless of who you put in the CEO position, or CEO, regardless of what else you do, is that Eugene Melnick should, number one, stay off camera. Number two, not do interviews. And number three, be in, as invisible as possible. Because... 
How many other owners of teams do you see out there? I remember quite some years ago, the Buffalo owners, the, the owner Pug- and his wife. The Pagulia wife, family. Or the they were very Pagula vocal family. about a lot of things. And since then, I but haven't heard a lot. Their fan base has, the Buffalo fan base has a beef with them too, though. It's kind of Correct. similar, maybe not as bad, but they own more than just the hockey team. They own a different sports team yeah. as well, too, which I can't think of off the top um, of my head. Jeff Molson is quite involved with the uh, hockey team. He He's like, that's kind of what he does. He, he works out. At the Bell Center, like he doesn't but you don't have really his own see gym. him on media, though, do you? Oh yes, really. If you go to the the Montreal Canadiens YouTube channel, he does Q and A's with the fans no, on YouTube. Re- see, that's, on YouTube, that's pro though. It is pro. It's it's really good. I I don't agree with every decision that Jeff Molson has made. I I think that he should have fired Bergevin. He's uh, in year five of Jeff year Molson five of, is loyal. Like Bergevin's in year. Eight of your five plan, yeah, and he still has a job. Yeah, so I I disagree with some of the. He's loyal to a fault, almost. He is, but overall, uh, his personality, what he's done for the team and stuff, uh, not as far as winning or losing, but just in general for for the fans and whatever. I think he's done a really good job, and I do like him as a person. But then you look at teams. Who's the owner of San Jose Sharks? I don't know either. Anaheim mm-hmm. Ducks. You know, I did. I don't. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. There's some teams that I have no idea who the owner is. I'd have to go to Wikipedia and look it up or something. So I think that's kind of what Ottawa needs. I, I Ottawa needs people in five years to go on Wikipedia and look at who the owner is. <laughs> I don't know if that'll ever happen there. Maybe the new fans, but but you're you, right. You know what I'm saying? Though, yeah, right? Eugene Melnick needs to take a back seat and disappear, which he has done this year. Yeah. So, he's got enough of his own problems coming. Like he's getting he's sued. He's got legal and, issues. Yeah. yeah, there's arena situation. Have they figured that out yet? No. <sighs> so, all right. Um, we'll also move on to. Um, there was a scary situation in the Toronto Marlies visiting uh, room. Um, they were in Texas, I believe. Right? They were in. They were playing the Texas Stars. This is in the AHL. So Toronto Marlies were there playing the Texas team. And their assistant coach, um, Rob David, suffered a seizure in the locker room right in front of everybody. Yeah. So they were, like, getting ready before the game, and I guess he had a prolonged grand mal seizure. Um, so they took him to the hospital, and obviously the the team and the players and everyone that was in the room was shaken. Did they cancel the game? They did. They, I, they forfeited the game. Oh, really? So the game is not going to be rescheduled. They actually took a one nothing loss officially on it. Really? Yeah, that was Kyle Dubas's decision. They basically everybody in the Marley's organization talked to Dubas and they said, "Well, if you guys are shaken up, we'll take the forfeit." I quite respect that decision. Yeah, so that's that says a lot. So good on Kyle Dubas to do that. Good on the like the players to stand up and like I mean they could have played and stuff, but that's probably pretty a pretty hard thing to see. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of the coin, when you see something like that, you go out and you win for him. Mm-hmm. So I don't like I, re- I respect the decision for doing it and not requesting a, a makeup game or whatever and taking the loss that that's pretty res- respectful, res- respectable. So he was in the hospital Friday night in Texas. He was released um, they, they're and they're sending him back to Toronto. Well, he's back now. He went back Saturday and he's being looked at there and he's he's on medical leave indefinitely now because they have to look after him. He's only 39 years old. Yeah, that's that's intense. I, I, I didn't read the whole story because I didn't know the whole forfeiting mm-hmm. thing, but I did hear that the medical staff. I think that Marley said this or someone else said this, that the medical staff in um, Dallas or wherever they were was amazing in mm-hmm. Texas. They were they were fantastic. I, that, that's one part I did read. I think another reason why the game was forfeited is because the HL, the money's not the same. 
and it's, it's a significant cost to send a team that far. Toronto Marlies can afford it, but how do the fans feel about? I mean, I'm sure they understand, obviously, but I mean, it's quite disappointing for you take time of your day to buy. I mean, the Marlies are a pretty good team. Like they, they have a very high payroll, so it's a good team. So I mean, the fans probably would like to see that game, but I would, think it's pretty understandable. Would the Texas Stars have to refund? It's a good question. I don't know their tickets. I would assume so, but that's a tough cost to eat. I don't. I don't know if if. Is there revenue sharing in the AHL? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. But I don't know if Toronto would have to help pay for that since they forfeited the game. Like, I'm I'm not sure how that works. Actually, I don't and even that, know how we would look that up because I don't know if this has ever happened before. I feel like because this conversation should, wouldn't have many happen many other places because we're really interested in the business side of things. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> let's say let's say for example, like Marley's are are an exception in the HL. They are a very, 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 very high paid team because yes. Toronto has a lot of money. So let's say the Texas team is not just as an example. Let's say they're not a very high revenue team. Maybe they're just barely making enough. Yeah. You can't really expect them. If a, if a visiting team comes in, if they've, decide they're not going to play that game you can't really put the onus on them necessarily can yeah. you or well if the situation was reversed and the texas stars were in visiting the marley's and that marley's arena i assume is sold out every night or close it, to it, it yeah that's a significant loss for i them. i know the average attendance for the marley's is higher than the average attendance for the ottawa centers no way <laughs> yeah it's like thirteen thousand something i think actually i think the average attendance for the uh what's the the quebec rampire Mm-hmm. And for the QMJHL is higher than that. Wow. I think it's like 11,900 or something. Wow. Which is the a, a tertiary league <laughs> under the NHL. Yeah. So anyway, scary situation for yeah, that guy. Scary. Um, and the last little bit of kind of business news we'll talk about is your man, Bob McKenzie. This will be his last season for TSN for you Canadian fans out there. Covering the NHL on a full time basis, this is quite sad because I really Bob, like McKenzie Bob McKenzie is a legend. He's he's the man. He was the insider before there was insiders. He, I wouldn't say that he's old. He's old. But he's been in the business a long. time. He's old, a very long time. So I, the term full time basis, I assume that they'll call him in for an interview or he'll so call no, him radio he, station. He still has a. He signed a new five year contract. Oh, um, he's going to cover World Juniors. He's going to cover um, TSN draft rankings, which uh-huh. so those first two points are about prospects. Yeah. So he's he's really interested in the young player game, which he always has been. And um, he's been very good at covering. He's going to help do a handful of regional lease games that TSN covers. So he'll be there in between periods just for the odd. Okay. And um, he's also going to be there for their trade deadline and free agency. Free Other than that, mm-hmm. he's not going to be there. Who's the guy that has a bunch of TVs in his basement? Is that John Channon? John Channon has four. <laughs> yeah, Shout right. out John Channon. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that's, that's unfortunate, though, because I really, like, we kind of, I mean, over the years, we complain about a lot. I mean, Bob Cole, I think Dad and I were complaining about Steve Coolius for one junior's or the Spangler Cup or whatever it was. And like, we kind of, we're pretty harsh on some of the analysts and stuff on TV, but I've always liked Bob McKenzie. And, uh, I said, I just said Steve Coolius. I love Steve Coolius now. I listened to him on the NHL network and he's awesome. I really like <laughs> You've him. had a reversal on him. Yeah. I think I just need to hear the audio version of Steve Coolius and not see the video version. Cause have you seen any of Steve Coolius? Okay. So the audio listeners aren't going to, this is going to do anything for them, but here's what he does. He'll be, if I'm interviewing you and the camera's over there like it is now, 
I'll be asking the question, and then when you're talking, <laughs> he just does this. He looks at the camera. And wow. Just, it's real strange. I can picture that, too, because I know what he looks like. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, I really, really like him. All right, so let's get into some actual hockey, hockey, hockey talk. Um, let's start off with the Montreal Canadiens. We already hit it a little bit. Um, they just ended last night. They just ended their second eight-game losing streak of the season. Kovalchuk puts in an overtime winner. Uh, that was actually his second ch- chance, too. He had a breakaway a, break a couple away, minutes before yeah. that. He went five-hole, so good on him for changing it up and not going five-hole and yeah. went to far side. So let's... Obviously, Montreal is not in a good spot right now. No. Okay, so let's. I want to break down their losing streaks because even though it's bad, it's not actually that bad. Like the games were close for the most part. If you look at the scores, six of eight were, I think, by one goal. So if you go back to November, so November 16th to December 1st, they had an eight game losing streak. They lost four to three New Jersey overtime, so one point game, five to two Columbus, three point game. 2 to 1 Ottawa, 1 point game, 6 to 5 New York, 1 point game. Now the Boston game was a blow. It was 8-1. Yeah. Um I clearly have a typo on that. The last one I put Montreal, <laughs> so obviously they didn't win that one. So they lost 6 to 4 to someone on November 28th. I typoed that. 4 to 3 overtime versus Philadelphia and 3 to 1 Boston. Like those are other than the Boston game. Yeah. Those are pretty close games. They are pretty close games. So especially this recent streak. So now yeah, let's go to the recent streak. So December 28th, 5-4 Tampa. December 29th, 6-5 Florida, 3-1 Carolina, 2-1 Tampa Bay, 3-2 overtime Pittsburgh, 3-2 Winnipeg, 4-3 Detroit, and 4-2 Edmonton. Like, that's... Close games. You're not getting blown out. You're just not getting quite enough to get the job done. There is one blowout in those 16 games. Yeah, which is against Boston. Heck yeah. (laughs) Um, Did you know that Detroit... How many points does Detroit have this year? I actually don't know. I think they have... I think they're up to 27 now. It's either 25 or 27, oh, which is geez. ridiculous. Yes. Did you know that six of their points is from Montreal? Really? They've beat Montreal three times this season. I think Ottawa, other than last night, has beat them every time too. <sighs> so just before Christmas break began, Montreal was third place in the Atlantic Division. Incredible. Like, really incredible. Is it wrong to cheer for your team to lose? <sighs> no. I've been there. Because I am hard cheering. Listen, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be a bubble team, don't be a bubble team. What? (laughs) Like if you're gonna be if you're gonna be on the fringe of making the playoffs, yeah, you either get in or you tank. Like uh, the Rangers, or or you announce like the Rangers did that. Yeah, like we're rebuilding. (laughs) The NHL didn't like it when they did that. No, they didn't. It was so. If you're gonna get ninth, tenth, or eleventh, you're better off just GM. You just trade away the players that are gonna do everything for you and mm-hmm. then the coach tries to win but he just can't or the players try to win but they just can't because they don't have enough yeah um so these are the stats i this was printed off um yesterday afternoon so they may not be quite up to date but for the, other than last night's game so right. um yesterday before they played they were down a sixth place in the division so they were third before christmas now they're six and they were nine points behind philadelphia which held the second wild card at the time. That's a, I mean, there's the season is just a little bit over half over. There over, half is over. tons of time to come back. Yep. But it does not happen very often. Obviously, St. Louis Blues last year was the anomaly. And it's happened before. Ottawa did it in 2014, I believe. Uh, Calgary did it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, it does happen where these teams go on a 10, 12 game winning streak in the last eight weeks of the season and they get in. But I mean, St. Louis. It's very unlikely that Montreal is going to make the playoffs. Okay. So if they do not make the playoffs this year, the only year they would have made the postseason with the current coach, Claude Julian, yes. 
was the year he got hired and he took over the team halfway through the season. He didn't even start the season. 2017. So since then, they've never made the playoffs. Yep. Is that an issue for you? No. I don't blame Claude Julien. I don't either. I blame Mark Bergevin uh, almost 100%. Uh, Carey Price obviously carries a bit of that weight too. He has not been, he's not, has not lived up to expectations, but you let Radulov walk. You let Markov walk. Mm-hmm. I mean, Markov was probably close to retiring anyway, but still, you made other decisions to bring in uh, ridiculous players. You brought in Andrew Shaw. I hated that trade because you know who Chicago drafted with the Andrew Shaw pick trade? Alex Dabrinkit. Ooh, I really like Alex Dabrinkit, and I think he would have been perfect in Montreal. He fits the small, fast player mentality that, for whatever reason, Montreal's used for the past 25 years. Um, and he's sitting on a lot of cap space money that he could be spending. He's got like, I think at the beginning of this year he had nine million, eight, eight or nine yeah. million to use, and he didn't use it. And Jeff Molson's got lots of lots it's of cheddar. Jeff Molson. Jeff, Jeff Molson ain't worried about that nine million. And you're in Montreal, the most historic franchise ever. Yeah, probably uh, the second most rabid fan base in the league. Yeah, I mean you can, you got to spend that money, even if you you can't sit back and not spend the money and lose and say, well, didn't have didn't have the right players or whatever had bad luck. You spend the money. And there's also the argument, well, there's players who just don't want to play in Montreal. So free agency comes and there's players out there to sign, but they don't want to sign in Montreal. So, well, then what do you do? Because it's Montreal and this media is terrible. And <laughs> it's, I mean, I understand it. So Mark Bergevin, even though I've, I'm kind of giving him a, a couple of burns here, he's in a tough position because of the players who don't want to come to Montreal. Like Le Cavalier, there was a, a trade in place to send P.K. Subban and Carey Price to Tampa Bay for LeCavier back in the day. I, th- I can think it was like almost over 10 years ago now. And it was nixed by LeCavier because he didn't want to play in Montreal. So I believe that's the story. Can Montreal fix that with like a culture change? I think the culture change, change is in progress with the youth. Uh, Ryan Paling, Mete. Do you, think they need a, do you think they need a new GM? Yes. Yeah. They need a new GM to either go one way. Like... I like that Bergman made the the offer sheet. Uh, Do you think he should have made it for more? Do no, think, I'm okay with yeah. I'm okay with what happened, but I think if you if you want to take the time and rebuild, then do it right. Send away Weber or send away Price and bring up Caden Primo or like or Primo uh, or whoever. Like let's if you're gonna do it, do it properly. Make a decision one way or the other. Either you bring in free agency people like big names, or you make big trades and you you go for it, or you draft young players and you get rid of the veterans and you just literally rebuild. Make a decision either way. That's all I want. Don't sit in this middle ground where you've got a bunch of young players who are trying to develop, and then you get a bunch of veterans who are underperforming, and you, you're just you're stuck in this limbo mode for the past ten years of doing nothing. It's just, it's really frustrating. So, and it hurts development too when you're on a team absolutely that's losing and frustrations. Like, if you look at like when you were before Gallagher was hurt and you've seen his post game interviews, like he's not happy. Oh, yeah, he's not happy. And Carey Price, I will say, month like month, this whole this conversation started with the win last night, which was it was good in a way because it was cool to see Kovalchuk get that overtime goal. But mm-hmm. I'm very critical of Carey Price. Yeah, and I actually have was, him on the notes. He's the next thing, he's struggling right now, he is struggling majorly and he knows it 
but he was very good in that game last night. So, that was probably the best game I've seen Carey Price play all year. So before last night, he was nine, he had a 901 save percentage. He was ranked 39th in the league against all goalies who have played at least 15 games. Which is incredible for a player that's won, I believe, the Vesna and the Harpy for And making $10 million. And making $10 million, the highest paid, basically. Like, Borowski's right there, too. But, I mean, it's unreal. Um, So, I mean, obviously they have injuries. Brendan Gallagher. Uh, uh, Drew John, in, Drew in. Gallagher, yeah, uh, Joel Armia, Joel Armia. <laughs> so I don't know, uh, Paul Byron as well. So it's so for co- for questions I had is there, should you make coaching change? You've already answered that. Um, so like what? I don't know how Mark Bergman keeps his job. Do they need to bring in a French GM? No, they are going to bring in a French GM. Why? Because that's just what they'll do. They oh, wanna, oh, they're going to, but it's that's ridiculous. But who else is out there available? That's a GM. That's, that's the be- problem. And that's probably why nothing's happening right now. Like Montreal The next GM needs- is probably going to be a GM of a Quebec Major Junior franchise in Quebec. Maybe it's Patrick Waugh. <laughs> Maybe. Patrick Waugh as a GM would be pro because he would have balls. And he would do everything to make that team win. But I cannot see my, uh, Patrick Waugh being involved in the Canadians organization. But anyway, yeah, I just think, I don't know what I think, but I think that... I'm torn on the French thing because... Oh, yeah, I remember awesome. watching a video that your dad was in. And at first, I this is my opinion to begin with. You bring in the best person. Yes. Doesn't matter what they speak. I if agree. they're the best person for the job, and this is how I feel about anything, like when they're all about like talking about equality for women and stuff, like I don't want necessarily a woman or a man put into a job just to even the numbers out. Yeah. If someone is better for that job, give them the job. Yeah. Go by qualifications. If there's 30 people hired on a team and 20 of them are men and 10 are women, you look and say, okay, well, I think we need to bring in some more women. You're not necessarily wrong, but the next person who comes along, if it's a man and he's more qualified, he's better for the position, you hire the man. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, like, I understand it and I agree with it that women have had a pretty oh, garbage existence in the past 150 or whatever years as far as working and stuff, but it's still... You hire you hire the position based on the position and the person's qualifications, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter about gender. So, I, 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 in my opinion, it should not matter about language. I and, don't care, and that's how I was too. But then that video your dad did, he said that it was important for the coach. I think he was talking about the coach um, to be French speaking, to be respectful to the media that's there. I don't care about the media, but you I, know I care about winning. I care about winning. <laughs> See, I understand that point too. But if you have a huge media fan base there, and you have a lot of fans in that province that their primary language is French, they don't want to see things in English. They want to. Now, the GM doesn't really make a whole lot of public statements. Way less than the coach. Right. The coach talks after every game. Right. The GM only comes out when he's making a trade or Correct. he fires the coach. So I think it's more important that. You, in, in terms of your dad's point of view, I think it's more important to have a French coach than a French GM. But I do I, understand I the point that. of having both. But if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan and you're going through this, don't you want the best person to come in and shake up the organization rather than having someone that does an okay job <laughs> or a so-so job but can speak in your primary language? Yes, I I I mean, I'm in a position where I don't live in Quebec. I don't speak French. I speak English. If there's English. anybody in Quebec that listens to this and you're on YouTube, put in the comments what you prefer. Do you like having someone who speaks your primary language or would you rather bring in someone who could be a little bit better but doesn't? 
Like what's what's think, more important to Quebec fans? But I think any any reasonable person would say they want to win first. They don't care about language. I mean, realistically, a lot of people in Quebec speak English because we live oh, in an English dominated world. It's That's just right. how it is. Yep. And the arrogance in me wants to say to the people in Quebec who are stubborn and <laughs> want this French coverage, Uh-oh. learn English. Uh oh. Like oh snap! If you're that if you're that interested in hockey where you need to know what's going on and the majority of hockey coverage is in english learn english if i'm english and it was the opposite and it was and hockey was a french dominated thing i'd probably learn french <laughs> and i'm a stubborn person so i that was that's an, an arrogant uh point of view but i just don't think it should be about language like let's win and that goes for any team i don't care if they put a team in Germany. See, I would probably like, feel the same way about you if it was my team we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's easy for me to take the oh, well, you should be good to your fans and your media and your province because yeah. they're like literally my thirty-one ranked team. I'm not saying that there's not qualified GMs or coaches out there that don't speak both languages. Like, if there is a qualified one, and oh, they like can speak both languages, hire them. Yeah. That's fine. I'm okay with. I'm not saying they shouldn't be speaking French. They if they speak French. By all means, give French press conferences and, and interviews and and write French articles. Like, do all of that. That's totally fine. And when Jeff Molson does his YouTube thing, sometimes he answers questions in French. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be speaking French. I'm just saying hire the friggin' right person regardless of their language. All right. So let's say Mark Bergevin gets fired and Jeff Molson brings in an English speaking okay. non-french speaking gm okay do you think he's gonna get ripped from the quebec media absolutely yeah a hundred percent and they will criticize jeff molson and that canadians organization for bringing in probably the first english only speaking gm or personnel in the upper canadians organization and they will destroy them in the media and that's the exact reason why players don't want to come to montreal is because of the french media not the english media just saying your dad likes the french media he, he watches the Canadian games on TV, doesn't he? I I prefer to watch games in French. <laughs> of everything that I just said, the opinion that I just stated, which is kind of a hot take, uh, I enjoy yeah. watching games <laughs> more no in of. French. Like, I don't want to, like, I'm not trying to be hard on the French people in Quebec. I like Quebec. No, this isn't about the French people. This is about... I like the French language. This is about Montreal needing something yeah <laughs> and like, you know what i mean like it's about bringing in the right guy for the job it's, and then trying to determine who that right guy is and how important being able to speak french is on that list of qualifications it's amazing i'm thinking it's high and i'm thinking that's why nothing's happened by now it's you know how best buy employees wear blue sure do if there was basically a fact out there that if they switched and wore red they would make more sales but they refuse to do it because they've always worn blue that's what it's like <laughs> that is the weirdest analogy it is an extreme, i've ever heard in my life it's very weird but, but i'm down with it all right that's good okay let's let's go from the eight game losing streaks to the 10 game currently ongoing streak that tampa's on yeah i, w- I don't want to say it's predictable but i think when you look at the standings halfway through the season just before christmas and you see tampa that far down and this goes to Toronto too because and we talked about Toronto last mm-hmm. last week we could kind of see this coming yep because if you look at the lineup on paper that is the best team in the league yep I don't care what you say you can disagree with me that's totally fine but I am 100% confident that on paper the Tampa Bay Lightning are the best team in the league and they should 
win a Stanley Cup, and they should have already won a Stanley Cup. So good on the Tampa Bay Lightning for getting back in their boots that they're used to and winning some games. Yeah. So in the last 14 stops, Vasilevsky's now 12-1-1, two shutouts in a row with yeah. last night's, I think it's like 146 minutes he hasn't let a goal in. It's, it's impressive, and he's... If you look at the whole team, it's not just, you know, it's not just Kucherov struggling. It's not just Stamkos struggling. It's It was the entire team, so it's good to see maybe their most employer, Vasilevsky, getting back into regular, successful play. Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you think this is good for Tampa? So, because the, the slow start, and now they're fighting their way back up, yes. versus last year, cruising on cruise control, and the games literally don't matter because yep. they're so far ahead. And then they go out in the first round. They didn't have a reason to win last year at a like at Christmas time. Yeah, it was over. I mean, they could have played thirty percent and still made the playoffs. Like if they, like obviously, if they don't keep this streak going forever, but if they keep playing like strong like this, how do you not have them as your favorite to win the cup? If they finish the season strong, I still don't think they're going to win the cup. Don't think so. I think they're going to make it farther and further in the playoffs, and I hope they play Toronto and beat Toronto. No offense to the Maple Leafs fans, I don't want you to lose <laughs> another first round series and start the decade off. I do if they way. play Boston, but I just think I think I think Tampa Bay deserves to win a cup. I, and I, I I'm not even a fan of Tampa Bay. They're way down on my list, but I think based on the players and their the, the talent and the team and the fans, Tampa Bay has a really good fan base. They have an amazing arena. There's a freaking Tesla coil in there. If you put a test coil in your arena, you deserve to win a Stanley Cup. I'm just saying that. <laughs> so say Montreal makes the playoffs somehow. Yes. Do you still want Tampa to win or are you going to? Heck no. Okay. <laughs> See, I, Boston's, Boston is going to make the playoffs. If they don't, I still believe I'm Boston. Boston is going to win the Stanley Cup. No, that's no my chance. prediction before the season. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. Okay. Um, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Uh, I think that's all I really wanted to say there. Just like, I, I do agree that them falling early and then having to fight for something, I think that's going to carry on to playoff success. I really do. As long as Tampa Bay wins one playoff round, it will be looked at as a success based on last year. Oh, I think the Tampa fans want more than that. They do, but I think they can't, they can't, they can't look back and say, well, we didn't do worse than last year. We did better. So <laughs> yeah, I true. mean, they can't, I think all they need to do is win one playoff series and then the ship gets straight again. And then maybe the year after that next year, is when stuff goes down. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the San Jose Sharks game because there was a new record set or a new stat set. Heck yeah. Um, so San Jose was playing Washington. They were, there was one minute left in the third period. Washington pulled their goalie and San Jose scores an empty net goal. So Which is very common. 4-2. So even the announcers on the broadcast, I think, and I think they were Washington broadcasters, I said, well, this game is over now. That's icing yeah. on the cake. So uh, with 47 seconds left into the period, Vrana from Washington scores games 4-3. Which also isn't that uncommon. And we they're like, oh, okay. So the goalie gets pulled again. 14 seconds left in the game. TJ Osi scores. The game's tied. The announcers are going crazy. Like, this is unbelievable. So the game <laughs> goes to overtime. Two minutes into overtime, Lars Eller scores for Washington and they win. Yep. So here's the stat. San Jose becomes the first team in the history of the NHL to score an empty net goal and then lose the game. <laughs> it's amazing. Like that's that's a weird stat. I think I I've seen teams pull a goalie 
score and then the other team score after that. That probably happens 10 to 15 times, maybe more in a season. Mm -hmm. I've even seen seen teams tie it up, but then have the other team score and take the lead again. And I think I've seen them tie it up, go to overtime, but then the the they team lose. win. Yeah, yeah they lose they, regardless. Yeah. Yep. I think that's happened in Montreal about 90 times in the past five years. But this is amazing. The, good on the Washington Capitals for not losing hope. So, Oh, yeah. Down by two goals and one minute left. and you That's freaking awesome. You know what? The, that's the quality of a Stanley Cup winning team. You're freaking right it is. Just saying. Um, do you want to do the notable plays of the week? Or do you want to skip that and come back? Or do you want oh, to yeah, do it now? Yeah, let's okay, do it. Okay, so... I want the first thing on here. If you had one highlight of the whole week, you're going McDavid Toronto. Uh, I disagree. Really? Okay, we'll go there first, then then we'll go to where you want to go. Okay. So he's playing against. He's going in on Riley. Comes across the blue line. He's in by himself. He slows up. Yep. Makes it look like he's waiting for his teammates to come. His teammates aren't coming. So McDavid's like, all right, I'll do this myself. Turns on the Jets. Just blows by Riley. Forehand, backhand, forehand, top shelf. Gives a little finger wag to the crowd. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> Did you see where he was looking when he's coming down the ice? He was looking backwards, wasn't he? The entire time. Yeah. I think that was he wasn't I don't I think that was a, a ploy. I don't think he was actually looking for He was just pretending that he was waiting the entire time. I think he was pretending he knew exactly what he was going to do. That that was the most amazing thing. Yeah. People do those moves all the time. People score goals and put a top shelf like that all the time. Yeah. Thing, whatever. It was the look. Yeah. Or the fake look. Like it was unbelievable. Because it was, he was looking behind him, like down ice. The entire time. And just was, coasting in across and then just bam, the Jets were on and he was gone. It was incredibly impressive. Yeah. To it, have that, like he just, to have that vision. I don't necessarily like to use that word because it's kind of it, tossed around no. a lot. But There's that like, is literal vision yeah. on a play. So, it was amazing. Um, the unfortunate thing for Morgan Riley is he's going to be on a highlight package forever now. Forever. It's like, like when McDavid retires, that's going to be one of the clips that's used on his thing. It is. And it's it's almost the, the equivalent of when a player shoots the puck from their own end and it goes down the ice. And this only happens about once every 10 years. But the goalie can't save it at the other end. It hits a thing on the ice and it, it goes up or whatever. You remember those plays? It, yeah. it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. That How that goalie feels in that moment is exactly how... Riley feels he just he just skated back to the bench he's like what would you have done like like, he looks at his teammates his teammates are like oh that kind of sucks like oh what would you have done (laughs) (laughs) okay give me your best play then number two on your list Pecorino scoring a goal okay that's amazing that only happens I mean you're right you're not wrong 2013 I believe was the last year that someone did it and if you look at all the goals goalie goals half or maybe less than half a little bit less than half are goals not scored that way. The goalie makes a save, it goes to the corner, and the team tries to pass it, and they miss the pass, and it goes in their own net. It doesn't like it doesn't happen that often to where the goalie actually, actually shoots, the shoots the puck into the net. And Pekarene has been trying to do this for years. He has, and there's other goalies too who tried. <laughs> Mike Smith tries it quite a bit. I've seen Carey Price try it. Uh, Berdor did it three times. I think I think Berdor only did it once where he actually shot the puck. Mm-hmm. Jose Theodore did it with a backhand That's shot, impressive. which is super impressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's only the 12th goalie in the history of NHL to score a goal. I was so excited when I saw that. <laughs> I, I lost it. Good on Pekka. Pekka Um The only other one I had is Pekka, or Pasternak went on a tear the other night. He got a hat trick. So um, Matthews was getting close to him in goals. And mm-hmm. um, I think he was at 31 and Pasternak was at 32. And then Pasternak got three more. So now he's 35 in the season. So he's having a career year. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it's not that he played poorly before. He had some really good years, mm-hmm. obviously. If he declines next year and goes back to the same pace he had uh, in the pre- previous season to this one, do you think people will talk about how he's starting to decline based on this amazing year he's having right now? I don't know because for how much money you're paying him, he's way overachieving. He is one of the <laughs> like it is, it is one of the best contracts yeah. in the league right now. Now he is still a defensive liability that hasn't changed. Like he gives the puck away so much. It's but like John, a Johnny Gaudreau. It's like it's like we said on a couple podcasts ago. I think the coach doesn't like when he gives the puck away, but yes. for thirty five goals, I think you're going to let him keep taking those <laughs> yeah. opportunities. Exactly. All right, so I'm going to let I'll let you get into this. Let's get into the Zach Cassian Matt Kachuk. <laughs> Deal from last night. So I'm assuming you saw I did. all the highlights. Yeah, there. so two minutes left in the second period. And, I mean, Kachuk and Cassian have been going at it all game. Yeah. Um, so the play is in behind the net, and um, K- uh, Cassian's got the puck. Kachuk comes in and just nails him, and his helmet goes flying. Yeah. And then I, I said on Discord, like, shout out to those head straps or neck straps that are doing a great job. Like, I'm glad they're there. Yeah, because we talked about that recently. Yeah. But them not being tight enough. So then he gets up and it's like he's gone all Super Saiyan crazy mode. He's like, I'm going to kill that guy. So Cassian gets up. He wants blood. He, he grabs on a Kachuk, throws him to the ice. He's like beating on him. <laughs> they end up standing back up somehow. He's still beating on him. He throws him to the ice again. He's still beating on him. Yeah. And then finally the refs are able to break it up. Did you see the hit earlier in that game? I did. So he lost his helmet twice. Yeah. And it's almost identical hits. <sighs> Uh, this is a, this is hard to approach. I love it. I think it's hilarious. Can you read the quotes before I get into this? Okay, so here's what Zach Cassian said after the game. And if you're a kid, I'm not. This is my word. This is a direct quote. This is a direct quote. So it's it's not technically swearing, but he said, speaking of Kachuk, this is what Cassian said. He said he's a young puck, a young punk. He's a pussy. <laughs> Just, I can't believe he's at that TV. It's just intense to say. Yeah. We got two good quotes out of this in terms of hockey players who never say anything. Yeah. And this is what Kachuk said, which is just savage, I think. It is. Um, he said, if he doesn't want to get hit, then stay off the tracks, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, I caught him through there th- or three times there. You think he learned after the first one. If he wants to react that way, we'll take the power play. We'll take the game winner and we'll move on to first place. <laughs> like that is a savage quote. And is the exact way to handle that. Like I'm not a big Kachuk fan. I'm not a big Cassian. I'm fan. not a fan of either of them. But that quote by Kachuk is amazing. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's a definition of who he is. He is a pest. He'll try and get under your skin and get you to take a penalty. Like, that's what he does. Like, Cassian's saying he's a punk, he's a pussy. Like, he's just a... He's saying against his personality, whereas the Kachuk quote is all about the team and yeah. <laughs> how we're moving on now because you basically... I goaded you into it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, Cassian's not wrong. I would like to see Kachuk stand up for himself. If you're going to do that and be a yeah. dick... Man, drop your gloves and let's go. <laughs> yeah, like, he just stood there and took it the whole time. Yeah, don't turtle and do all this other stuff. Like, fight. But, I mean, those hits were clean, in my opinion. Uh, Kachuk did the exact thing you should have done and try and get under his skin, take the power play, whatever, get the win and say that after the game. Like, I'm all aboard what Kachuk did there other than not standing up for himself and fighting. Like, mm-hmm. like just fight. Like, do you, think the, do you think the hit was clean? Yes. Yeah, I do. It was just a hard hit. It was a, it was a and he did, he didn't hit. see it coming. He like he was, you know, he had his head down and was playing with the puck and brought it and then just 
semi truck. Kachuk's not wrong. He laid the first one. You think he learned <laughs> he after the first one? Yeah, and that was the third time he did it. Yeah. So I mean, good on. Stay off the tracks. <laughs> good on Cassian for a playing quote. a physical game and not being afraid of anyone or whatever and trying to trying to fight Kachuk. Uh, good on the both, really, but shame on the both at the same time. So Cassian has a hearing with the league tomorrow, Monday. Really? Yep. How many games do you think he's going to get? I don't think he should get any based on the Charo oh, and McCabe no. fight. No, he's going he's gonna to get some. That that fight was too long ago now. We're in a different world now. Okay, technically that was an actual fight. They were, I think they were actually fighting, but uh, Cassian and Kachuk, I don't think that was a fight. So you're probably right. He probably will get something because... The way that he hauled him down, if he had to hit his head on the ice, that could have been real bad. Well, he hauled him down twice, and normally when the player hits the ice, that's when the fight stops because the linesman get in and kind of yeah. shield, but he was hitting him both times he was down, and like I said, he, he was out for blood. Let, yeah. me get, let me give you an over-under. You you take one. Okay. Over-under or tie? Three options. Three games. I don't know his history. I'm going to say under. So one or two? I'm going to say I'm gonna say two. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna say three. You say three? Yeah. I don't. I don't know his history. I know. Maybe him. it'll just be one. Like I don't know if it's three, but like I don't know his, his history either. He has substance abuse with the NHL, but I don't know if he has suspension issues. <laughs> like I'm gonna say something really stupid here. <laughs> a guy that looks that crazy and wants to kill that guy so bad. How does he not have a history? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He like, probably does. I I just can't recall it in my head, but I I don't know. I'm torn because I like that. Like I loved watching that. As a hockey fan, that was amazing. That's, that's <laughs> was old crazy. school. I want to see that stuff in future games. But I understand the other side where in the net could have been dangerous. He, Kachuk, if he had to hit his head. Mm-hmm. Remember when uh, George Peros, yep. Peros fought uh, Colton Orr and hit his head in the yep. ice? That's con- that could have happened last night. Yep. And that is that is scary. I, I don't want to see that happen to any player. So I, I see both sides of the argument here. Okay, I'm going to jump down to 11 now. I'm going to save this for last. Sure. Okay, so we're going to talk about a couple fan situations here. I've got one, and then Neil's got one. So um, in the Toronto game, um, in Toronto against Winnipeg, um, there was a guy on Twitter, uh, Furhan21. He puts a video out um, showing Leafs fans kind of chirping him and pouring popcorn on him and throwing yes. food at him. And he was, I think he asked, is it normal for Leafs fans to be doing this to visiting fans wearing their jerseys or whatever? Which is a reasonable... Yeah. thing to publicly say and one to of get the, attention. And in, one in of the things point. I kind of noticed, and I might be wrong on this, maybe I shouldn't say this, but it looked like the guy was not a white guy, right? He looked Arabic? Yes, and the people who were chirping him looked like white people. White people. It, so I don't know if that had part to do with it I or if it was just... So. Okay, I'm I don't not, think this has to do anything to do with race. I, As stupid as that guy is for dumping popcorn on him, I don't think he's that terrible of a person to only do it just because this guy is not 100% white or whatever. I I think this is a hockey, I think it's an idiot hockey move, not a racial move. Mm-hmm. And Doug Gilmore replied. Doug Gilmore replied. Yeah, so buddy got, yeah, buddy got a reply from Doug Gilmore saying that he apologized for the fans. I mean, and he said this is not indicative of yeah. Toronto fans. Good on this guy for posting that video and, and tweeting what he did, though, because it is important that it gets seen. Like I he, think you should talk about Dark Guy now. Dark Guy's pro. <laughs> I didn't even know who Dark Guy yeah, was Dark until I'd seen a picture of him. Dark I was Guy's like, man, man, I know that guy. Yeah, so Dark Guy is this fan who has turned into a meme, and then he turned into a personality, and now he's on radio, and he yeah. does all this stuff. Uh, he He's knowledgeable. He's, he's funny. The, he's, he's, 
He's the guy who has his face painted blue. He's kind of a bigger guy. He's always got he's got basically like a, a, dart, a dart in his mouth. <laughs> like you see him on almost every game. And like I didn't know who Neil was talking about when he mentioned Dart guy to me. And then yeah. as soon as he showed me the picture, I was like, I know that guy. So when we say Dart, we actually mean smoke. Yeah. Uh, in Canada, the slang for a smoke is a Dart. Uh, <laughs> anyways, he commented and said, "This is not typical." I'm I'm just basically paraphrasing here, but it's not typical of Toronto Maple Leafs fans. The next time the Winnipeg Jets are in town. Uh, reach out to me and I'll show you what an actual experience is. Yeah, so he basically offered to, to take him to yeah. the game and which is pretty cool. I mean, pretty fantastic. So, and I don't, and I actually retweeted his tweet and, and made a, a comment. I can't remember exactly what I said, but the point was it's not Maple Leafs fans specific. There are fans exactly like that. Oh, yeah. For every fan base. You so. don't think Boston has fans that aren't like that? Boston does, Philadelphia does, Montreal does, Dallas does. Every team has those fans. It's really unfortunate. It has, it does have something to do with the Maple Leafs, but it doesn't at the same time. In the sense that it does have to do with Maple Leafs, it happened at the by a Maple Leafs fan. Mm-hmm. I think the Maple Leafs PR should re- reach out to this guy. Oh yeah, and try to make it right and try and find who who that fan was and ban him from from the Air Canada Center or whatever the hell it's called these days. Scotiabank Arena. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know. I just it's it's unfortunate to see, and it wasn't the only situation that we saw this week because I believe yesterday a Philadelphia fan tried to fight a Tampa Bay fan mm-hmm. at that game, and was not good at it. As <laughs> no, it, they like the worst. They both looked like they were super ever. drunk. The girlfriends were freaking out. I don't think the Tampa Bay Lightning fan was. I didn't see the whole story. I don't know the lead up. I don't know how it happened, but the Philadelphia fan attacked the Tampa Bay. Lightning so they were fan. fighting in the stands. Yes. Um, you get the girlfriends there saying it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like, Kyle, it's not worth obviously it. it's not worth it. When is fighting a fan ever worth it? Like, <laughs> so anyway, they kind of break it up, and then there's another clip after they're in the bathroom. I think right or yeah, something. Yeah, I I don't know what's going on. I look like the Flyers fan went in and found that guy and they're fighting again. Him, but it was not even really it ridiculous. It was just a, it's, I wouldn't even consider it a fight. It's a big Flyers fan who can't punch against. A Tampa Bay fan who doesn't know how to fight back <laughs> yeah. at all. It was ridiculous. So it was it was bad. But but again, has nothing really to do with Flyers fans, even though they have a kind of a they do have a reputation for that. Yep. Unfortunately, it, regardless of hockey or football, or whatever they just kind of do in that city. I don't know what it is or what why it's such a thing there. But there is tons of videos online of more than any other city of that stuff happening in Philadelphia, which is really unfortunate. Because Philadelphia also has some incredible fans, and they're known for having some of the best fans in in the game as well. So I don't know; it's, it's it doesn't have anything to do with Philadelphia, but it does at the same time. And it's just it, it's more about idiots. It doesn't really have to do with hockey; it has to do with idiots. And every team has idiot fans. There are idiots everywhere in this world. Idiots everywhere. Idiots in Walmart. <laughs> Lots of idiots in Walmart. <laughs> idiots in. I just I don't know if people get in my way. <laughs> get out of my way. Like slow walkers, drivers, people who leave the, people who go to the grocery store and they're looking at something on the shelf and they leave their cart on the other side and block the entire way. Like donkeys, man. Be would, you mindful. Say, would you say you have road rage? Absolutely. <laughs> Lots of idiot drivers in front of him. Absolutely. <laughs> it, like do the speed limit. Yep. Or if you don't pull out in front of me. Yeah, don't pull I'm out right of there. Me. Uh, use your signal light. Can you do me a favor and see if that's still on? Just wiggle the thing. Okay. Whew. 
Wiggle the thing. All right. Okay, I'm going to get to those last things. We are at the hour mark, pretty much. Okay, I have other things to talk about, too. Okay. So, Brian Burke wants to change three on three. Now, Brian Burke, take him for what you will. Some people like him. Some people don't. I actually kind of like him. I don't like everything he says, but I do like him, generally speaking. He has the balls to give He doesn't care. Takes. He loves the hot takes. He, he doesn't care. He, and, and kind of why I like him, too, is because he's worked for the NHL. Yes. He's been a GM. Yes. He's been a president. So, he knows what's going on. Like, he has... He has a line with Gary Bettman and them, like oh, he used yeah. to work for Gary Bettman. So some people online are saying, if he's talking about this publicly, then maybe he's also talking about it and trying to get things done privately because he knows now, all the GMs. Up he's until connected. up until this past week, because a lot of three on threes this week have been very good. They've been very. I think in general, three on threes. Good. And I generally agree with you, but what he's saying is a lot of the time is a team will go in to try to step a play, and if they can't get it, they just bring the puck back out send it back to their goalie, regroup, and it's just kind of slow like that. Yeah. So he wants to see a 30-second shot clock added to three-on-three, three. just like lacrosse, just like ringette, kind of like basketball, where as soon as your team gains possession of the puck, a timer starts and you have 30 seconds to take a shot. You take the shot, it resets. It's kind of amazing that the NHL is putting things into place so games don't go to the shootout. It's trying to prevent games from it's trying to it's trying to get games to end before it goes to the shootout. So I, obviously they don't like the shootout. So I don't remove like, it. I don't like the shootout. It's amazing. They're putting and now they want his suggestion is so there are overtimes end quicker or they're more exciting and he another wants to reason to force offense or yeah, at least a turnover so exactly. that the other team So another can't. reason to not go to a shootout. He's, Yet we still have shootouts. He says that it's overcoached. There's too much defense in round three. When it first started, it was high flying. Now he says it's overcoached. I mean, he's not wrong, but I'm still okay with three on three. Yeah. I don't mind if they pass it back to the goalie. It just means that fresh skaters get out in the ice and there's more fast action. Okay. Let me, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw some other ideas at you. Tell me if you like them or not. Okay. These are just ideas that I seen online that people were suggesting. Okay. Okay. Number one, if you cross the offensive blue line, you aren't allowed to bring the puck back. You have to stay in the zone. Past oh, half ice. You can come out of the blue line, but you can't go past. Can you pass it back? I guess technically not, but I don't know. So you have to stay in the offensive end of. Basically, the, it's kind of like. The opposing end of. It's kind of like half court at basketball. Once right. you're across it, you can't go back. So what, what happens if you bring it back? I guess you lose possession. You have to throw it down to the other end and they grab it. See, there's nothing like that in the, in the game of hockey where you. They can't be whistles because they it'd be too long. That's the thing. So, the, and Dad's been, Dad's been about this for a while. Like mm-hmm. icings. Do you have an icing? Or maybe it wasn't ice. I can't remember what it was. But basically, you give up the puck on your own end instead of having a whistle and going through all this face-off stuff. They just, you just whip it down. They go get it and come back. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like a fluid. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, what about? Extending the length of overtime by a few minutes, maybe up to five, so it's ten minutes long instead of five. This would obviously need PA approval. Um, I'm 100% okay yeah. with that. Out of all these Absolutely. changes, I think that's the one I'm... What about getting rid of the shootout and bringing back ties? I mean, I've wanted the shootout gone since it came in. Would you be okay with them ending in a tie if... Sure. Three on three? Okay. I'm fine with that. Um, I what know. about removing the loser point if you lose in a shootout, but keeping it if you lose on the three on three overtime? Say that again? So one of the suggestions was if you lose in three on three overtime, yes. you still get the one point. Okay. If you lose in the shootout, you don't get a point and the other team only gets the one point. So there's incentive for 
There's both. incentive for both teams to end the game in the overtime. So if you lose in a shootout, you get nothing. If you win in the shootout, you only get half of the winning points. You only get one instead of two. Well, I feel like you'd be put in situations where the goalie maybe a couple seconds left in their own zone. They know their team's not going to get back up the ice, and the other team shoots, and they're just going to step aside and let the goal in, so at least they get one point. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's true, because the most you could ever get is one point. Exactly. That's interesting. So I don't think that works. No, but that's, whatever. That's good analysis of that one right there. Thank you. What about adding a rule where you can't pass the puck to your goaltender? Well, I mean, they could get, negate that by just icing the puck down their own end, and then the goalie goes back behind the net and gets it. What if the goalie's not allowed to play it if At the all? last puck was off of their own teammates? Like, say their own teammate shoots it back down, the goalie can't play that. It can only be played if it's shot down by another teammate or the opposing team. I think that team. would be hard to officiate. What if it gets tipped? What if it gets? I guess a tip would probably be, but maybe it has like a direct. But then it becomes subjective. Yeah. So what about removing uh, offsides in overtime? Heck yeah, yeah. A lot of of people want that. Just Just let them cherry pick. Just open it up. Put him behind the net and then take a slap shot and ring it around the boards right down there. Oh, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Okay, that'd be amazing. All right. So anyway, that's all I got for that. That's it. So you had one thing you wanted to get to, or you? Yeah. Um. Man, I really like that one. That off, that offside one. That should happen, even just for fun, like <laughs> to see what it's like. Just to see what it's like in the in the All Star game, whatever. Just just to see what it's fun. All right, see what it's like. Okay, uh, okay. So good job on the notes this week. You did way better than I did. Mine's on my phone. And anyways, so this was brought up by oh T Park T Park aka Cordell, and uh, he asked me what I thought about fans being segregated within arenas in the NHL because it happens in, the, in some of the European leagues where the visiting team can only sit in a certain section and they don't really have access to the other areas of the rink to sit. So what happens if more visiting teams want to come? Is there a limit on how many tickets are sold to the visiting yes. team? Ouch. There is a limit and it's not a bad idea, but... What if you're in a market like Florida or like Ottawa where... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Florida's you're not filling really your rank, but you're like, like if Toronto plays in Florida, that eighty like, percent Leaf fans. That's what I mean. Like, is it better to sell all your tickets, or is it better to have empty seats and know that you're keeping the visiting team out? I don't think this will ever work in the NHL for that reason, and also for the reason that the way that money works and tickets are purchased, and and teams down there have tried this before, kind of. Like Tampa, when they were in the playoff runs, they were Nashville preventing well. how many tickets Montreal yep. Canadiens could buy, but they knew that they were going to sell out locally. Like with their yeah, own they teams. weren't allowing Canadians. Like you had to prove where you lived or something to yeah. be able to buy the ticket. Yeah, it. I understand it, but I mean, if you want to, s- do you think that should be allowed? Do you, do you think home teams should be allowed to no. refuse visiting Heck teams? No, yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. It is kind of interesting. It's, like if you're if you're willing to pony up the money to go on that to travel to that trip and spend money in the hotels and yeah. like obviously the owner doesn't care about all that. A ticket's a ticket to him, yeah. but I mean that's a lot of that's a lot of commitment coming to that state. So we'll say that Toronto is playing Dallas, and there's a specific area within the Scotiabank Arena where only Dallas fans can sit. But there's going to be times when maybe Florida comes to town and that section is going to be completely empty. Mm-hmm. You don't think that Maple Leafs fans are going to 
put on a Dallas or a Florida jersey and go sit there and pretend to be other fan, or the other way around, where a visiting person pretends to be a Maple Leafs fan to sit so in the Maple Leafs section. It's, it's, in, it's you can't you can't. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? So in order to buy your ticket for this system to work, hypothetically, you can't police it. In order to buy a ticket, you'd have to say what team you're either cheering for or where you're coming from, slash who you're representing. Like right. You would have to indicate that when you buy your ticket. Otherwise, they're not going to know where to see you, right? Correct. So what's to stop people from just saying, like, say you're going to that Toronto game. Oh, well, I'm a Florida fan. Yeah. There, I got a sweet seat because they're sold out on the regular Toronto. Yeah, exactly. And you could say, well, they can do it online like Nashville did, like Tampa did, where they can prevent people based on the address to, tied to their credit card and stuff. But what if someone is in the city and they want to buy a ticket from the kiosk or something in person? Are they going to ask for their address? Oh, I'm paying in cash. I, I don't want. I don't have a credit card. I'm paying in cash. Can I have a ticket, please? Maybe you have to prove. With, that's weird. I don't. That's ridiculous. I don't think that. I don't know how the I'm other leagues do it, so I guess I don't really know. But to me, it just doesn't seem like that would work. I think they do it over there because they fight so much. <laughs> well, it's not yeah, really about no, yeah. financial reason or anything. They just they cause hell over there, which I would love to see. <laughs> um, the Ottawa Detroit overtime sequence this week was unbelievable yes i've never i don't say i've never seen anything like that but there was may uh, there the was sequence a, of events that was a mayhem assault on the goalie yeah he was you, just stopping everything if you haven't seen it please go to youtube or wherever and search up detroit versus ottawa overtime one of the better three on threes hogberg hogberg their goalie like uh, literally yeah. an assault and he just stopping everything <laughs> yeah it's crazy <laughs> uh moving on i have a thing on nate thompson here he uh he did an interview with, oh, I can't remember her name, with CBC. Anyways, he opened up about his drug and alcohol abuse mm-hmm. uh, as a professional player. And as he said, he think he started drinking vodka at age 11 or something. And then just kind of went on from there. And clearly quite nervous in front of the camera. And maybe understandably uncomfortable talking about it and stuff. But to have the courage to do that, to let people know other people know who are maybe struggling with the same thing and i'm sure as much as they can try and police it in the nhl and they do blood tests or whatever for alcohol or drugs or whatever i'm sure that certain players are have certain addictions to whatever it doesn't have to be alcohol or drugs it could be anything it could be porn it could be whatever i'm sure that there are people that are addicted to things and don't feel like they can stop or don't feel like they can talk to anyone so good on nate thompson for making that video and, and putting himself out there a little bit what are you laughing at <laughs> I'm trying to think how many times you stuck your finger in that hole over there. <laughs> You've yeah. done it so many times as we've been here. This he's he's addicted to sticking his finger in that hole. This hole's amazing. <laughs> uh, that's kind of all I have. I just wanted to ask you about today's games and get some predictions from you. So Nashville plays Winnipeg. Who are you predicting? Oh, Playoff matchup from a couple years ago. That's an intense matchup. Both in the same division, bit of rivals. Oh, Nashville with a new coach. I'm going to go Winnipeg. I'm also going to choose Winnipeg. Uh, Vancouver, Minnesota. Hmm. See, I'm not. I'm not too high on Minnesota this year. I think we had that conversation last week. They're, they've been streaky, unfortunately. I'm, but I'm not really a fan of picking Vancouver either. I'm oh, gonna, I'm going to pick Vancouver. Just I'm also picking Vancouver. Okay. They're, I think they're eight, one and one or eight something. They're they're playing really well lately. Uh, Buffalo and Detroit. Last time Detroit came up, we bet you lost. I lost. I did. I'm going to say. I think it was LA versus Detroit, maybe. I told you the streak was over. 
I'm going to say Detroit's going to win this game. Oh, I'm saying Buffalo. No, I'm going to Detroit. Uh, Pittsburgh and Arizona. I'm going to go Pittsburgh. I'm also choosing Pittsburgh. Uh, Toronto and Florida. Mm, I'm going Toronto. Toronto's rolling right yeah, now. Me too. Tampa Bay, New Jersey. <laughs> Tampa Bay. Yeah, but New Jersey just beat Washington yesterday. Doesn't matter. That's over. Okay, yeah, me too. Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all I have. So, uh, so we'll get a bite to eat. We'll start transferring this over, and then we'll come back and film next week's Having a Yak. And yeah, so the, the podcast that you will see and hear next week will actually be filmed hours from now. Yeah. So, uh, like I said Neil's going to be away, so we have to have something in our regular scheduled slot. Having yeah. a Yak. Um, wish me luck going to the States and hopefully I don't get bombed by a nuke. Mm-hmm. So World War Three thing going on. Yep. <laughs> have fun at my game. Hope my team wins for you. Uh, Sidney Crosby better play. I'm telling you that right now. I've gone down twice. Two or three times. Twice, I think. Uh, our whole family's gone down. We've booked seats, our tickets for Pittsburgh and both times Crosby's been hurt. He's supposed to come back this week. He's, he was skating full contact with the team this weekend. Uh, Murphy's Law says he's not going to be there. Did he play last night? I don't even know. I don't know. He was... Mm, I didn't... I didn't Honestly, I didn't watch a lot of highlights. But he, there, he was questioned to play... Maybe it was I, today. I can't Sorry, remember. Sorry, not last night. Today. Yeah, I can't remember. He might play today. Uh, if he does, that's awesome because that means I'll probably see him Thursday. But man, he, he better be playing because I think they play six times in the next 10 days. So I want to see him play. Don't blame you. Anyway, I've seen him raise the cup in a parade, and I haven't seen him play hockey. So there's something wrong with that. Yep. Just saying. All right. You doing the outro? Nope. I'm doing the outro? Yep. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening and watching. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you go over to the second channel, More Post to Post on YouTube, and hit the subscribe button and enable the bell notification because I'm up actually uploading more videos on that channel now than I am on the main channel, Post to Post. And that includes some hockey content over there. Um, so if you could join me over there, that would be awesome. I'm going to play some some GeoGuessr when I go home later and make a video on that. Uh, that did really well. Uh, from the first one I made earlier this week, you guys really enjoyed that, even though I really sucked at that game. Uh, you guys seem to really enjoy that. And also I made a video about talking about my experience at tim hortons did you watch that i did and that for whatever reason has done decently well and lots of comments i think over 140 comments on that video so uh if you haven't seen that definitely go check it out and share your experiences with me as well but yeah thanks for listening watching guys i really appreciate it if you're not subscribed to the main channel post to post please hit the subscribe button down below and thank you uh as always to our audio specifically if you're an iphone listener leave us a review on itunes yeah leave us a review on itunes or can you review things you can't review on spotify but just listening helps the progress bar go up yeah uh you guys rock thank you so much appreciate it we'll see you next week for having a yak and tomorrow and the rest of the days this week for regular videos adios (laughs) peace